Welcome to D3 Nation, now don't you change the station, oh lord knows it has just begun. We're talking all the motivation from years of dedication, discovering who's number one. The fight is never done, you gotta dig down inside for who you're destined to be. The war is never won, so talk it out with your host, Gennaro and Before we get into today's episode, I want to take this moment to thank everyone that supported the podcast during our first ever team store. And thanks to Ruiz for making it happen. Your orders will directly impact our ability to produce new content on our Rockfin channel, which was launched last month. month. Make sure you're following us on Rockfin at D3 Nation. Now we have another big announcement. We have a new partnership with the popular Instagram account at WrestleReport. This account covers all levels of collegiate wrestling outside of Division One, And, of course, we love what they're doing. It's everything we stand for as a media platform for Division Three wrestling. The show will now have a presence on Instagram thanks to the WrestleReport profile. Make sure you give them a follow at WrestleReport on Insta. Episode 69 features head coach Brad Brune. He was at Cortland for 20 years, and he recently just retired from his head coaching position. Coach Broom built Cortland into a national contender during his time and is leading the program in a great spot. He has Midwest roots and uh, he had a great career at Wisconsin lacrosse and coached there for a little bit too. So pretty interesting talking points in this one, how he made his way from Wisconsin to Cortland and uh, how he built the program up. So really good one, really had fun with this one. Enjoy the show. The uh, coaching carousel has kind of been going around in D3, a lot of new faces uh taking over programs and some recent news um powerhouse suny Cortland, their head coach brad brune is retiring and he's joined the show today i'm um, very excited he had a great run there he's there for 20 seasons two decades coach can you believe it yeah I, I remember when i was in the hr office my uh first year and they were talking and their new york has a state retirement system and the lady said well do you want to do this or do you want to do a tia craft or something like that and i remember looking right at her and I said lady, I'm only going to be here for a few years. So I go with the teacher environment right off the bat. And then here I am 20 years later going, I did, I thought for sure somehow I would end up back in the Midwest, but kind of got into it and started digging my hands into it and started seeing some success. And it's kind of like your kid, you just couldn't, you, you, you got to stay there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I told, I totally get it. And like you said, it was a great run for two decades. I mean, you had a lot of success, which we'll get a lot to in this podcast. So many amazing wrestlers and student athletes come through your program, how you built it up to where it's at. But, um, well, we'll start also with the big news. You're retiring is, uh, I mean, I'm sure, you know, COVID wasn't easy the last few years. Was this something kind of like lingering? like, Hey, like maybe it's time to move on. What just, what came to this decision here? Um, I think there was a several things going on. Uh, and to be honest with you, COVID was a part of it. I think I kind of, I just kind of that as I've gotten a little older uh, and I remember back to what I did or to build it and the time involved and the weekends gone and recruiting and all that stuff. Um, and I was like, man, my kids are still, you know, especially with my older one, like you get older, um, thought about a few different things and then COVID hit, which basically shut us down. So then I actually probably had more of a, 
a typical experience with my kids, seeing them a lot more, having them regular times and all this stuff like that. And it was great. And then, you know, obviously I was excited to get back to wrestling too, but it was like COVID kind of put me in a situation that I didn't necessarily realize all the things that I was missing. And so when I went back, it definitely was a good season and I still love the sport. Um, but the time commitment and when it is, you know, practicing in the afternoon and going on weekends, um, I kind of got back to like, I, I felt like I didn't see them at all. So I think that was a big part of it. And like I said, just that, that drive to do every little thing uh, and stay on top of all that stuff is very time consuming. Um, thankfully, as the years went by, recruiting got to be a little easier. I didn't have to travel quite as much because I knew all the coaches in New York. I knew a bunch of the club coaches. So I didn't have to travel as much on weekends, but I just, I always said, even as a younger man myself, like, uh, this is a, this is a young man's game. Um, and there are a lot of people that can, can go through it. I think the biggest thing that maybe also hurt me a little bit is because I didn't, my family didn't live right in Cortland. So getting them involved and having them around didn't, didn't work out like I wanted. And so therefore it was kind of almost two different worlds that intersected from time to time, but, but not on a regular basis. So it was hard to always explain to them why I, why I'm not here or why I miss that. So, um, some of those things and, and, and uh, maybe just to change, I, I think some way, somehow I'll still be involved in, in wrestling. Um, I actually, I actually live in Syracuse right now and, uh, there's not, there, there's not a club around here. I mean, the closest one would be probably either Cornell or I know there's one, I think, up in Watertown, but that's an hour plus in every direction. So maybe, maybe, maybe down the road, I would think about doing that because that just takes a lot of the, a lot of the other worries as a coach kind of out of the, out of the mix. Yeah, that makes sense. How, how close is Journeyman too? Is that, is that near or is that? Yeah, and is a ways away. It's probably about two little over two, two and a half hours, something like that from here. So there isn't anybody else super duper close. Now, granted, you know, the Finger Lakes Club is, is, is Angela and Journeyman is too. And there are others, but I don't think there's anything else made. Yeah. And the Syracuse area is not super strong in wrestling, but mm -hmm. the surrounding areas are. And I think almost, I think there's an opportunity to maybe get some, talented people introduced to it earlier and actually find some more kids that because i know there's some very talented athletes um just yeah. hard when you get into it super late yeah no that totally makes sense and and yeah and i get it too i mean like like you said me me and uh you know my brother here we have young families too so we're kind of seeing a little bit of like yeah, the different world, you know, um, you know, we've been married for a few bit, but yeah, having kids and having like a little family, it definitely makes a difference. So I completely understand that. And that's, that's, yeah, it's amazing that you can kind of recognize that, you know, and I'm sure your family really appreciates it. Um, but, but now moving forward, obviously you had this final season, this 20, you know, 2022 season that you guys had a lot of success, uh, good dual meet record. You had four national qualifiers. Um, so what are you going to remember most about your final year as head coach at Portland? Um, I think it was great. I mean, there was so many, these guys were so hungry to compete coming off of COVID. I mean, uh, we had some guys that had their national tournament taken away and then 
uh, a season taken away. And we were planning on trying to even go to the alternative national tournament that they had down in the Wilkes-Barre area. Um, mm -hmm. We didn't have, but hardly at all the entire time. And one of the guys on the team, like two days before we were going to leave, tested positive, And then they did their contact tracing, which literally wiped out all the two. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, and so they didn't, they didn't have anything. So they were hungry. And many of them did put in a lot of time to be ready for it. Um, I think they developed well throughout the season. Yeah. I think they came together well as a team. And uh, it was, it was good. And we got to go out to Wheaton. I mean, I got to go coach there as an assistant uh, at lacrosse. Um, I knew it was a great tournament. So we've been trying to get back to it. We finally, we threw out from uh, uh, the aforementioned Mike Fusilian Foundation. We raised a, a very good chunk of money for the team to allow us to be able to go to the West. Because I always feel like, East Coast guys, we need to get to the Midwest and get our hands on those guys because it's a different, it's a little different. Um, and, and, and you want to be ready for that for the first time you get shocked. So we took that out there. Um, and then they did. I think, I think the one thing that I've either been very lucky on or figured something out a little bit is no matter how our season has gone, I have felt that we always are at our peak at the end of the year. Um, you know, walking into that tournament, we knew we had some guys that could, could do well, um, and have three champs, um, and, uh, and, uh, the 84 pounder, uh, who was not an 84 pounder, get through it's a nationals was really good. And then we had two other guys. We had one guy who's an overtime match in the fourth place round and another kid that was in the fourth place match as well. So, I mean, we were, we were about a handful of points away from six guys this year. So. Um, it was very exciting. Um, it was very satisfying. And I think, um, it's definitely hard because, uh, all those guys, uh, that went have eligibility left. And there also is, uh, another one, uh, that I know of, of my really good recruiting class a couple years ago was one of my studs who is coming back this year as well. So, uh, I'm excited. I mean, I thought it was also another opportunity to, you know, if this is a time to go, I know I'm leaving a great program out there. And so whoever's coming into it, not going to have to, not going to have to rebuild things. They're going to have to make it their own, but there is a lot of pieces in there and a lot of good kids that I think can also, some good leaders that I think could help them in their first year as well. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And like you said, uh, is, is that Wheaton tournament? Is that something you guys always kind of had on your on your schedule, or is it something you guys got back to? Because I feel like you guys, you know, for us in particular too at Stevens, we try to get out west, and I feel like you guys would get out west too. I know you have Midwest uh, roots, which we'll get into, but um, that seemed like a tournament that you guys competed in in the past. Um, we've gone out there for different things at different times. Um, many times we used to go to go to the Vegas duels where Wartburg was, and. And, you know, I was one of the guys that, at least from, from what they said, they're like, I like it when you guys come because, you know, they ask who you want to wrestle in duels and you go, you always put, you always put the, like, Warburg guys, every time we went there, it's like, I want to wrestle you guys. And they're like, there's times where we didn't want a match against them. There's times where we stuck out a match or two, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. just to go there and get their hands on them and, and pick a couple of really tough Midwest schools to get in there and battle with. So we've been trying to find different ways to get there. Um, and 
I think the one thing the school does is they, they pay for everything. But if we go so far out of our region now, then all of a sudden it becomes uh, a financial expense on our part a little bit too. But that's why we raised a bunch of money to offset. They still cover good chunk of it we just got to cover travel and so in order for us to do that we needed to get some funds in and uh with the help of our foundation department like i said they did i mean we raised we raised a lot of money over the last three years probably four times five times as much as i raised in the first 15. wow wow that's sweet that's amazing that's awesome stuff um and uh as we kind of move forward here, we'll let uh, we'll kind of dive back to kind of your start in Division Three and and G. Go ahead, you can you can type kind of take it here from its college career going back to lacrosse days. Yeah, so Anthony was kind of hitting on a little bit with uh, the Midwest roots. So uh, your college career was at Wisconsin Lacrosse. Um, did you wrestle under Coach Malachek? Uh, no, uh, I did not. Malachek came after me. I actually went to the University of Wisconsin as a freshman um and walked on to the team didn't even know like I was one of those things I wasn't even sure I was gonna wrestle in college so I went there and then I was there for like three weeks and I was like man I don't know if I'm gonna be able to live without this so I called the head coach uh and he said yeah we're having an introduction meeting why don't you swing by and I did and I ended up walking onto the team and wrestling the whole year I think one of the biggest reasons I now remember I think why he asked me to come is because he asked me how much I weighed right off the bat and I'm the they had a really good uh, kid ended up being a four-time All-American, Matt Nookie, who was ineligible for the semester. So he was really hoping that anybody that could come in and potentially help fill that role for first semester, I think. And the fact that I could, you know, could potentially be that way, um, I think was there. But I got there, and once I realized I really wanted to wrestle in college, I also realized the room that I was in and said, you know, maybe one day I can, I can get to the starting lineup, but it's going to be a while. And I had a bad injury in high school where I didn't really wrestle much my sophomore and junior year of high school um, and was told probably shouldn't wrestle with the back surgery that I, I had at that time. But uh, I gave it a go and, and have kept at it. So um, but lacrosse was really my home. It really was. It, uh, you know, it was guys that I'd been on national teams with and wrestling camps with that I, that I didn't even know were there when I showed up. So it was uh it was, it really was a, a good fit for me, but Malachek wasn't there. My coach was, uh, Greg Lonnie, who yes. that, uh, the year this year, he passed away earlier this spring. Um, and so he was, a he was a great mentor for me on the way through. And then I was even more fortunate enough that my last year that I was wrestling. And uh, then when I coached there for a couple of years, uh, Tim Fader showed up. Oh, nice. So I got two college coaches who coach a little bit different and saw two different ways to do a great job coaching student athletes. So I think that was a huge help in my, uh, in my coaching development. I give a lot of credit to those guys. Now, granted, there were some other assistant coaches and stuff that helped a lot too, but those guys were, were huge in not only developing as a wrestler, but, um, as a, as a coach long-term. Well, that's cool. And I, yeah, I didn't even realize Fader was at Wisconsin lacrosse. Uh, and, uh, he did a great job building the whitewater program and now he's doing a great job. You Claire guys mm-hmm. is a legend and, uh, awesome, awesome individual. If you guys, if you don't know who he is, 
try and get to know him in the wrestling community. He's just a great person. So uh, that's that's all. So so yeah. So you were at lacrosse. You said it was home for you. And uh, how did you wind up at SUNY Cartland then, like out on the East Coast? Um, I happened to graduate um, and I got my master's degree and I was finishing it up. And there was actually an opportunity for me to stay at lacrosse because um, there was a former alum that had uh, built up his uh, housing empire to the point where he needed somebody to work. And I uh, knew him very well. He was one of the assistants when I was there. And he said he would give me a job and kind of teach me the ropes on that and uh, and help me out on an apartment uh, for, for working for him. and. Uh, and, it, and allow me to coach there, which I thought was a great idea. Um, there was five jobs, I think, in Division Three, with four in Division Three and one in Division Two that uh, were open at the time. Um, and I, I kind of think I was leaning towards staying across. And Fader actually gone on an overseas trip, and there was two guys from SUNY Cortland that were on the trip. And they said that the job was going to be open. So he asked them some questions about it. And then he ended up getting their numbers. And when he got home, he's like, hey, I know you can stay here, but I, this might be an, uh, an opportunity. And he you know, said, I think. Uh, I did. It's the only job I applied for. And, uh, and you know, they did interview um, Cortland and Lacrosse. As far as the nature of the school, the strong majors, kind of the atmosphere around it were very similar. I actually told the athletic director as they were walking me around, telling me the strengths and weaknesses of, I was like, man, this is eerie. And they said, why? And I said, well, you're giving me the same speech that I've given to recruits for the last four years in essence. Yeah. So, and he's like, what do you mean by that? I said, you were explaining, this is what, this is where I came from. So, um, lacrosse is a little bit bigger and it's in a little bit bigger town, but other than that, like the schools, and state school systems, uh, it it just turned out to be a, a really good fit. Yeah, that's that's really cool how it all worked out. And uh, for people that don't know, SUNY Cortland is one of the best athletic departments in Division Three. So, also really appealing when you get there. Probably you know you see the school, the facilities, like you know administrations behind it, and you kind of just hit the ground running. And um, you know that's pretty exciting for you. I mean, because with the Midwest roots. You know, it was probably, you probably really didn't have any connection with anyone out in the East Coast, really, right? Like, school-wise or recruiting no, connection? I didn't know anybody when I got here. Obviously, I knew who the good schools were because I had been coaching yeah. out while and I maybe had met a few different people. But I got out here. I just remember, uh, you know, the first conference tournament, I was like, there was, uh, you know, Marty had been there for a while. Sosa had been there for a while. Uh, Don Murray. Like, I, I walked into this room of these guys that had, 20 some years of coaching experience and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the new guy from the other side of the division three wrestling world. So it definitely was, it was interesting. It was exciting to get. Yeah, definitely. Especially getting, you know, your first head coaching job, it's, you know, always really exciting. And like you said earlier, it's kind of like you're a baby and you kind of, you know, molded it into uh, something special. So like when you were transitioning to Portland, finding that success at Portland, how did you start building it up? Well, I knew that I knew from, you know, from coming from lacrosse that um, recruiting is the, is the foundation. Uh, I was told uh, several times by my coach that uh, if you're a really good recruiter, you don't have to be quite as good of a coach. <laughs> so that was uh, that was one of the things that I tried to do. So I, I, I spent 
uh, that first probably eight to 10 years, like at everything you could be at clubs, stopping in high school rooms, stopping and beat kids at school. Like I did, I, I, I put in a lot of time to dig in and, and, and found the kids that were, you know, good for Cortland at the time we were, you know, we are one of the best physical education programs in the country at SUNY Cortland. And at the time, there was a lot of athletes that were coming out that wanted to be PE teachers and wrestling coaches. You know, it's yeah. very now. Um, but back then, it was like I had like one kid show up and walk into my room that was a, a New York State runner up. I had even no idea that he was on campus. He goes, Hey, I was wondering if I could come out for the team. And I'm like, Yeah, we'll give you a shot. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll give you a tryout. Yeah, he's got second at the, in the big school states in New York. I'm pretty sure I, I got at least an opportunity for you. Um, yeah. He ended up hurt and transferring out and then ended up wrestling at Maryland um, years later. So um, okay. it was uh, it, it was good, but it was a lot of that. And then, you know, developing the culture. Culture is always important. Um, you know, staying on top of their academics. It's been for me, it was it's always been the three things that I need to give to them while they're here. I have to do everything I can to help them become the best wrestler they can in whatever fashion they need. Um, make sure they get out of here with a degree because uh, that's in essence why they're here. And just for them to have a great experience. Cause I felt I was fortunate that that's what I got. I got a great education. I had a great group of guys that will be friends forever. I had a group of, I got a group of four buddies that we've gone to the division one national tournament together for 20 some years now. So we developed those kind of connections uh, a good degree and uh, an opportunity to be a successful wrestler. So kind of just base things around that and doing things the right way, the best you can at all times. Um, so I think that was a, I think that was the big philosophy that I followed in essence in building. That's awesome. And, you know, before moving forward uh, in your eyes, like what was the first like big moment in your eyes where you're like, wow, we could be really something special here at Cortland. Um, I think, you know, we saw these guys working early on. Um, my second year there, uh, I took a kid who had never played in the New York state tournament who he was an all American his freshman year, kind of like out of the blue. And then he made the finals the following year, which was like, wow. Um, and then, uh, a couple years, a couple years after that, I had one very, very talented young man. It's, uh, Steph Sayer. Um, who was a stud football player and he was a two-time All-American on the football side and wow. three times in, in division uh, in 74, two times uh, national champion 74 and then a runner-up at 84. Um, so he, was, he wanted his junior year and it wasn't uh, TCNJ that year. So we were close. So we had a, a good contingency there. And I think that was a, a big statement, knowing that we can get guys to the finals and, and win in the first few years. And then we started to develop getting a, a stronger lineup across the board. Um, and then our, our duels and dual team became just as tough as we were. And, you know, I felt when we get in there and battle with those teams, I think I finished in the top 10, I don't know, like seven, six or seven times while I was coaching and we the highest we ever got was six, which I think we did two or three times. Um, but I, I knew once I could get the quality recruits in, um, we, we, we had a chance to build something really special. I mean, don't get me wrong. Portland definitely had its days back in the eighties and nineties where they were, a, they were a powerhouse then as well. Yeah. 
no, that, that's really cool. And then, yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, New York state's a great wrestling state. So, uh, you know, if you can, you can find some of those, you know, kind of late bloomers, you know, you kind of saw it with, with all, a lot of the success you had there. So uh, really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. No, let's, it, let's continue with this athlete train. Cause obviously uh, you had a lot of great wrestlers um, and uh, don't sell yourself short coach. According to your online bio, you have eight top 10 finishes. So just want to get that out there. Make sure you get that number, right? Yeah. And then the <laughs> also too, didn't you, uh, your highest was national duels second was that correct? no we got fourth was the highest we got in national duels national duels, okay yeah yeah a new form that it's in uh you know back before then you know there was a couple different places that called themselves the national duels and we did pretty well but once yeah. the wca one came the highest i believe we ever finished was yeah because okay. i know cool. you guys are frequent visitors to the, those like combing duels which i think they classify as, as national duels which also i mean it is a great if you can't get the national duels those like combing duels are always a good way to kick off your second semester but um yeah i mean in a small world too you know me and my brother grew up on long island and uh, a lot of the guys when we were in college that you had success with were guys we grew up wrestling from blue wave uh wrestling club but that john glenn um, you know, we went to Hop Hog High School, so we battled with John Glenn a lot. But Joey Jeremita, Lou Puka, those guys were those guys were beasts. Um, yeah. And that that name you mentioned, Steph Sayer, did he wrestle Terry Madden? Was he the one he lost? That's who Madden. met. Yeah, from and Hunter. He, yep, and he he had beat him the year before when they were at seventy four, and then he beat some kid some some kid in the finals from Wartburg. Um, and then he, when he was going to wrestle Madden. He almost didn't wrestle. Steph almost didn't wrestle his senior year because he was a really good football player. And his dad told him, if you get rid of the wrestling and just train for football, his dad had this dream that he would make the NFL. Mm. Um, and so he wasn't gonna. He was kind of thinking about it. And I just looked at him and I said, Steph, if that's your dream, you want to do that and you think giving up wrestling will help you, do it. If, if you're not 100% sold that that's where you're meant to be, you're going to regret not coming back this year. And it wasn't probably until football got done um and i always make him take a week off before after football before i wouldn't let him back into into the practice room mm -hmm. and i said well take some time think about it if you need to talk to me otherwise I, i'll either see you in practice on monday or you'll see you in my office sometime on monday and when he didn't show up until practice i was i was pretty happy yeah <laughs> i would imagine guy was a beast uh and honestly you know so was terry um he was teammates with our oldest brother hunter um, yes. you know, he had a great career at, at CUNY Hunter. So, um, but one, uh, one of them I do want to get into, and a lot of people that follow MMA probably know this guy's name, Aljamain Sterling, um, current UFC 135 champ of the world. So what was it like coaching a guy like him? I mean, he, you know, the highest he ever finished, I believe in D threes was fourth or sixth. Um, yeah. And his fourth and sixth were his two places. Yeah. Yeah. It was two places. So you know, a good, a good career, but, um, you know, it's, it's amazing to see how this guy's continued to grind. And, um, you know, I mean, he, he had a good high school career too in New York and a good D3 career, but man, 135 USC champ, that's a big deal. So what was it like coaching a guy like that now seeing where he's at now? Um, it, he, he, I, he kind of, I think went through a little bit of an evolution when he got here. Cause he, he went to Morrisville his freshman year. Um, mm. Right to get in. I, I I talked to him a little bit, but you know he, he could he did never gotten off the island, so I and I only saw him a couple of times, so I didn't realize maybe how 
talented he was. And I just told him, I said, I only get a couple spots. I can't help you. Um, if you go someplace and you want to come next year, I will, I'll be able to help. First tournament we went to uh, was the Ithaca tournament. And he was at Morrisville. He walked up to me after weigh-ins. He said, coach, I take care of those grades. I'll be at Cortland next year. Um, and he had a good year there. And then he came. Um, but I think it wasn't until his freshman year, he was definitely talented, but I don't think he was in the mindset that he was by the time that he left. And, um, you know, we pushed him along the way. And then that was that summer after that. Cause I remember there was a time when, you know, one of my assistants, you know, he was, he was slacking actually the first year he beat me, who was a two-time national qualifier in a wrestle off. And then the next week I watched ABC beat the hell out of him to practice day after day. And oh, I wow. said, got lucky or you're dogging it in practice. So I know you're going to hate me, but you're going to wrestle him off again. So like five days before the qualifying tournament, I made him wrestle off again and he won. And, uh, and then it, he, he, you can see that he was getting a little inspired. And then it's when he started that summer is when he got into the MMA, started dabbling with it. And I think, I think something clicked in him thinking that like he liked that part of it as well that like if I really grind and become a better wrestler it could help me immensely here um and that's what he did I mean he was a different he was a much different athlete his last two years um and he was he was very hard working um and, and did a lot of things right and, and, and he did battle but at the same time he was he didn't start wrestling until he was a junior in high school yeah that's crazy Cause he, cause he, cause he went out for the basketball team as a freshman and got cut and wouldn't come out for wrestling. And then his sophomore year when he got cut again, he finally listened to coach Godoy and be like, yeah, I'll get that's awesome. And, and, and you, and you got both brothers, right? There, there was Troy. What's Troy that? Ster Troy was also with you guys too. Troy was with us too, but Troy Goodell was the, uh, or not Troy Goodell. Um, coach Goodell was, it was there, but Troy wrestled for me as well. And, uh, he, uh, <laughs> He was uh he was he was a character the whole time as well. I mean he he like <laughs> talked that as much as he does now. Yeah. The, did uh so was Aljamain was he doing MMA fights when he was wrestling for you? Um, I think maybe in between his junior and senior year, he might have had a couple of amateur ones. I got uh -huh. a couple uh on the team um like you talked about with, with Jaden. Um he's he these some of these guys were doing some amateur fights in the summertime along the way as well. Um, I think he might've been in a little bit and I think it was right. I know when he was, cause he stuck around and coached, um, for a year or two with us too. I know he was then. Cause I remember going down to Jersey, um, to watch him in the East coast league or whatever, a couple of times. Um, and it was That's one cool. of those, he was doing well. And I was like, man, you know, I, 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 I hope that he sticks with this because I think he's got the drive to get there. And he's just kept finding ways to improve himself um, and, and put himself not only as an as a elite athlete, but he's also building, uh, you know, he's on podcasts. I know he's got some good business investments and stuff like that. So for, for a kid, uh, you know, for knowing how it kind of came up for him to be where he is now is actually ridiculously impressive. Yeah, no, it's cool to see. And honestly, he's still training on Long Island. He's got Long Island roots. He's proud of where he's from. And and he's proud of uh, you know, where he's from being wrestling for you. I know, I know he said he uh 
during his training camp, he made a trip up to, you know, the train with you guys too, up at Cortland. And he was practicing with you guys this, this past year. Yeah, he did. He came up, he goes, and I, and he came up, he goes, I want to come up for a couple of days and rolls with some of the guys. And I'm like, man, that's awesome that you're giving back. He goes, wow, I'm giving back, but I need some wrestling guys to wrestle with. <laughs> there's got to be some good quality wrestling partners he goes yes but he goes even the wrestlers in mma don't like the wrestling practices because because they're hard right mm-hmm. so and i wanted to get in here with guys i mean we he came uh right at the end of the first semester so you know we were in pretty good shape by then so he got a chance to get in there and and roll and he did help i mean he showed some guys a few different things that uh, there was a couple of moves that in essence he invented uh because i'd never seen him before he got here and uh, he, he was catching some guys on it. I go, why don't you show him? Because when he did it the first time and a couple of times in practice, I was like, dude, that ain't going to work on anybody good. And then he's <laughs> keep doing it. So yeah. he, he showed some things and he worked some guys and then he had some, uh, some good talks with them. And he does. I mean, a lot of times um, you see him when he's at practice, there's lots of, there's lots of Portland. I make sure he's uh, fully supplied with Portland wrestling. <laughs> there you Smart. go. As much Smart. as possible. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so as we kind of get now towards like the back half of this interview, which well, so much great stuff in here, you know, everyone knows about the battle of the Bergs out West Warburg and Augsburg, great division three rivalry, but on the East coast, there's Cortica. And uh, so I wanted to get into that a little bit and Cortica has been going big the last few years. Next year, yeah. they're playing the football game uh, in Yankee stadium um you know that's sweet i didn't know that that's awesome and the reason i know that is because we get to wrestle ithaca in a dual meet they're they're coming down like if they're going to be in the air we're going to wrestle them so um but go just talk about the cortica rivalry how it built up and you know with all the athletics at Cortland. yeah well i didn't know it when i got there and like that that this was the uh like a huge 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 rivalry um in everything on every aspect um you know the kids kind of take part a little bit and i remember i think the first year that they had it was the only year that i ever actually saw the game um and just was like this is a this is a division three our stadium is back we got extra bleachers you can't you can't move in this place um and i'm like man this is because i went to lacrosse when i was at lacrosse we won i think one or two national titles in football or were at least i think we won one and we're like runner up one year like we didn't we didn't come nowhere near having those kind of people in the stands. Um, but then I realized, went to a game after that and realized, Oh, this is not a regular occurrence. <laughs> so um, it always has been good. And uh, I've been nice to that. Marty has been there the entire time. Um, I have a great respect for him. Um, I know, I know as a, as a Cortland red dragon, I'm supposed to hate Ithaca. Um, but I see what they do. We see them, especially in the early years, man, they were probably at half the competitions we went to. Um, and just saw them develop and work hard, you know, pain in the butt because he does a great job of developing guys as well. Uh, and very, very difficult to, to get by them on a regular basis. Um, but the rivalry is, is it's, it's for real. I have, I have tried to, in essence, protect the guys a little bit sometimes. I mean, one of the reasons we go out to the Roger Williams tournament is because it's on Cortico weekend and we leave on Thursday and we don't get back until three o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of take away them even getting a chance. But I had a couple of guys that were hurt in the past that had stayed home and like, they just, they said they went out and they weren't even drinking. Like they still ended up in fights. Like you couldn't go someplace without somebody else, like trying to start something. And, and yeah. cause. Uh, we did that. Um, we were actually, 
uh, you know, that was one of the things I, had, I was also thinking about, and I'm not sure if they'll follow through, was trying to figure out how to get a duo or Friday night so these guys can. These guys haven't seen, um, they haven't really seen a Cortica game ever. I tell them, you can, you can enjoy Cortica when you graduate. There you go. Yeah, but, that, that, but makes to be able, sense. that would be would be okay. I think it would be you take them out of the because it's not the game that's the problem. It's the it's the it's the everything that goes around in either Ithaca or and Portland, regardless of where the game is held. It's the same atmosphere in both of these towns. Yeah, and uh, and 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 uh, I know you guys have done some fun stuff too with your your dueling with Ithaca. Like, did you do like a gymnastics meet? next to wrestling to kind of build up that, that kind of atmosphere as well. Yes. We've done that for, I think the last five years now, we put the mat in one corner and gymnastics is going around us uh, at the same time. So uh, I kind of did steal that from, uh, from lacrosse back in my days. We did it a couple of times there. And I just thought like you walk into a wrestling meet, you walk into a gymnastics meet. There's, there's some people there, but not a lot, but we combine some things. We'll get some more staff there. We'll get more students there. We'll get more parents there. And it'll, it'll be a little bit more ruckus of a crowd, especially considering there's the rivalry going on as well. So yeah, we did that. And that's been, it's been, it's been exciting. Yeah, for sure. That, that's, that's awesome stuff. And just a couple of more, you know, quick hitters as, as we wrap up here. Um, well, you said lacrosse is your second home. So D3 wise, I would imagine that's probably your favorite championship venue. But uh, we can go a little bit further with that. Are there any other D three spots that stood out to you? And now, and then I want to know your Division one favorite spot since you've been going there. Yeah, I, I have been. I like a lot of them. Um, lacrosse is obviously good because whenever I would be back at lacrosse, and they, they were held there, and a bunch of my college buddies would come back for that weekend as well. So, and just being able to be back in a place that I spent uh, a good chunk of time in was nice. But I, I actually really like. Uh, like Cedar Rapids. I mean, I know they do it all the time, but they kind of got it down and they make it real convenient. Um, they do a great job. The facilities that they set up, I mean, 12 mats in the back for 180 guys, like, you know, <laughs> you, you're not going to find that kind of uh, people that are willing to go above and beyond on that. So I do like that. There's been a lot of them that have been there. I mean, some of them obviously have been repeats, stuff like that, but I would say lacrosse and, uh, and Cedar Rapids at division three of, uh, I've been to a lot of them in Division One as well. Uh, I, my favorite one that I've gone to has been the one in New York City. Like, mm. great. Um, it's probably the first time that I ever spent like four days straight in the city. Um, and, you know, you have a picture in your mind of what it would be like. And to a degree, some of it was, but it was, it, it wasn't, it, it was a lot better experience than I, I thought it was going to be. Uh, and we actually found rooms that were probably cheap, if not cheaper than sometimes we play when we go to these other places. So that was, uh, I think that was a great venue as well. Yeah. I, I was lucky enough too um, to check out a couple of sessions at MSG and they, they really, uh, they really did it up. They did it up well. So um, I definitely MSG agree. too. That was, uh, that was the Snyder quiz match too. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. So that was a nice little, uh, you know, kind of, you know, finishing point, finishing match for that tournament. So that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I was also, I also was on the rules committee and on the championships committee. And back in the day, the championships committee, all of them went. So I actually was down on the floor for four 
um, division one championships like helping. That was one of those guys in the corner that coaches would yell at because they wanted their guy to go out before the 30 seconds are left. And I was the jerk that had to tell them they had to, to <laughs> find mine. I've had, a, I had a couple of very uh, unpleasant comments from a, from a, from a couple of D1 coaches that didn't want to follow the rules, but I was just like, just it's it's not that hard like there's no room out there like keep them back there <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man too too funny um okay last last two here kind of uh to kind of wrap up um hey. also you've been around division three wrestling for a while as an athlete and as a coach where where do you like where do you, can you say the growth of d3 wrestling has been since you were an athlete and since you started coaching to where it is now um you know i've seen a lot of growth but i'm Curious what your perspective is about it. Uh, well, the talent level from when I was in college, overall talent level, don't get me wrong, there was, there's always been monsters in Division Three, but like, uh, I think the overall talent level is much higher. Uh, to be honest with you, when I went to college, I didn't know Division Three schools had sport when I went to Wisconsin. So when I was looking to transfer, I'm like, do they even have wrestling? So that's how ignorant I was back in the day. But I think that's so much bigger. There's so many more programs. I think we're doing a lot of the development. I think uh, the leadership group uh, over the last few years has helped, but there's been some other pieces of the puzzle. NWCA has been uh, super supportive. I know they're very helpful in trying to get quality people into all these programs. So I think to a degree, I like the regional system better. I don't, you probably don't remember back in the day when uh, we wrestled a tournament and our tournament had six teams at it and we took 15 qualifiers. Like, oh, wow. So that means you won the tournament you go and then the other coaches go in a room and we argue there and then you vote on the next five guys wow. And, that's, wow and needless to say i felt kind of a little bit my first couple of years being an outsider that i probably had a couple more guys that should have went but there 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 can be really easy those uh hey you uh you just make sure that billy gets in and i'll make sure that joey gets in you know what i mean right a little bit more political during it those was days. was funny because once we went to them to like put it into a regional and, and make it cut and dry, the NCAA was told like how this was done, and they were like, because they do it for selection committees. But if you're on a selection committee, you can't be on it if your team is in the mix. And they're like, coaches went in, like all had a horse in the race and argued with each other on who was going. They didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, mm. that's a terrible system. Terrible. So therefore, they were pretty excited to do that. Um, and then we, that was a good time too, cause I think we negotiated the numbers to go back up a little bit at that time. Um, I think they were giving us 160 at one point. Um, so I think that helped. I know we're working hard. I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things that I see, uh, going forward is how can we, how can we grow that term? There's way too many very very good kids and sometimes you're a top five guy and you're in the wrong region or yeah. number one guy and you have a bad day you yep. um i i just feel like we should there it's going to be tough because the, the nca has got its parameters on on how some things work but i think getting some more people there would make that tournament because then you bring more fans in um and you'd see even more of those crazy upsets like you do at division one um right. i probably one of the biggest things, but, um, I think, I think that is, um, I've, you know, I've, I've been on the rules committee just coming off the rules committee actually was the chair of the rules committee this past year. Um, and it's been interesting. It, I, it's one of those guys that as I complain sometimes about rules, um, and think that the rules committee was the rules rules committee doesn't make any of the rules. We sent out, 
you tell us what we want and we put it out and who thinks it's interesting, we go. Like there's there's very, very seldom that the rules committee actually acts on implementing something that wasn't already a majority favor from the coaching staff and administrators out there. So it's, it was really good to see why things are. And I always felt like, you know, you kind of get in those situations and sometimes we don't know what's going on. So we complain about it. So I decided to get involved with some leadership and, and committees and try to be able to be more impactful on how we could help develop this sport to, to be the best it can be. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, really well said. I mean, I'm I'm kind of you know, you know, putting my hat in the ring with that stuff too, being on the rankings committee, um, and and helping out that way, which you know we're trying to expand that. Uh, I think we have a great group of coaches that put a lot of time into that. So, um, yeah, I mean, thanks to the NWCA and a lot of the you know stuff, media, we're, we're trying to grow D three, and I think just the word is getting out there, and you know, 120 teams in the 2022. 324 season we'll have 120 teams in division three it's a uh, pretty eye-opening so um like you said I, I i would like to see the qualifying system you know being in the regional format kind of evolve to where we get the best quality guys there um it's tough in division three but i think we got the, the right heads to uh kind of figure that out and uh you know final piece of this interview obviously uh i know you probably said a lot of you know goodbyes and and stuff like that at Cortland, but just want to give you the platform here to, you know, anything else you want to say to, to, you know, the Cortland, you know, the school, the alumni, current wrestlers, you know, as you're leaving as the head coach. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I thank Cortland for the opportunity to, to be their coach and, and to lead these guys for the last 20 years. Um, in the last five years, I've met a lot of the alum. We, we, we really got a lot of that thing rolling. So um, I, I still will hopefully be able to be involved in, and around and come back for those things. I don't want to lose those relationships. And hopefully the, the younger guys, a lot of the guys that I coached were a lot of the people that were coming back early on because they knew me. And now I got this older group, especially from the 80s and 90s, there's a real good group that come back on a regular basis to just keep these guys getting to know each other, keep involved um the more people you have involved the more support you can get down the road uh big thanks to uh to mike Ertz, who's been my athletic director for a long time um he was uh he was a huge help i would have to list so many assistant coaches here along the way um but there were so many of them that that helped make things better uh, but i do appreciate it like i said i will always be i'll always be one of their biggest fans for them in any way that I possibly can